This is Live Well Talk on Inspire for Obstructive Sleep Apnea. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Union Point Health, St. Luke's Hospital. Obstructive sleep apnea is a common and potentially serious disorder that causes the person's breathing to repeatedly stop and start during sleep. Joining me today to discuss Inspire, an implantable device for obstructive sleep apnea, which is now available at St. Luke's, is Dr. Thomas Heineman, otolaryngologist at Physicians Clinic of Iowa, Ear, Nose, and Throat. Welcome, Tom. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Arnold. And of note, he just finished one of these procedures today. We were just talking about it. So, yep. you know, I, I think that sleep apnea is underappreciated. I can remember early in my career, the late 90s, where you didn't really screen for it. Yeah. You know, uh, or you didn't, you might have screened for it and, and treated it, but you didn't think about the other problems it called other than daytime somnolence. Yeah. You know, and yep. I'll never forget the time I did a cardio version and then, uh, respiratory therapist and I were sitting there and then the guy was a big guy and he kind of had some snores respirations and went back in AFib and I was like oh sleep apnea must be bad for your heart so you know, now we I think we do a good job of thinking about it with strokes and heart attacks etc but as people that will probably listen to this podcast there are some people that they they don't tolerate the CPAP machine or maximized CPAP still doesn't solve the problem tell us what the, this inspire sounds really interesting um, and just walk us through what it actually is. Sure. You know, I, I have this conversation as just to back up a little bit, just about obstructive sleep apnea. You know, I have it every day with, with multiple patients. And, uh, you know, the example that I kind of like to use in terms of sleep apnea is that it's similar to smoking in the sense that it's chronic damage over decades. And it just increases the wear and tear on your heart, on your brain. And, you know, it's not necessarily something that you feel that incremental change every day, but that incremental damage over decades definitely leads to, as you, as you alluded to, to heart arrhythmias, to stroke, to coronary artery disease, to, to many other things, you know, not just the, oh, I'm tired uh, type of thing. So I think that, I think that certainly there's much more awareness now, but, but, uh, but no, it's, it's, it's a very, very important health issue. And, you know, I'm certainly advocating for CPAP. CPAP is wonderful in terms of being the gold standard uh, on how we treat obstructive sleep apnea. Uh, however, as you also alluded to, there, there is a population that just doesn't get benefit from sleep apnea. And that can be from a wide range of things. Some people are claustrophobic. They don't like things on their face. Some people just are really active when they sleep and they rip off the mask, they rip off, they get tangled in the hose. Uh, and, you know, despite trying multiple masks and multiple different, you know, types of equipment, they just can't seem to make it work. Uh, other people, and, you know, we can get into this a little bit later, their anatomy actually just doesn't allow it to work. And, and what I mean by that is that there are certain ways that the throat collapses uh, that we're only now starting to discover uh, through a procedure called an asleep airway, a, a sleep airway exam, where we actually put the patient uh, to sleep, similar to a colonoscopy or an upper endoscopy, and uh, they're still breathing on their own. And we we try to replicate kind of a sleeping uh, arrangement where we turn the lights off. They kind of start snoring, and the way that their throat collapses sometimes it, there's a there's a a small kind of flap in the back of the throat called the epiglottis, and sometimes the collapse is actually at the level of the epiglottis. Which, if you actually think about CPAP blowing air in, it it actually causes it to close even more. So there are people who, despite all these things, just say, you know, I, I use CPAP and I just don't feel rested. It just doesn't work for me. And that's, you know, 
probably because there's some anatomical factors uh, right. that are playing into why the CPAP doesn't work for them as well. So, uh, you know, that's a, a very broad topic about, you know, CPAP, but, you know, to get in a little bit more narrow in terms of Inspire itself, it was initially approved uh, by the FDA in 2014, and uh, I've been implanting since 2016, and it, it's a revolutionary technology. You know, there are very few things in medicine that I think have just, you know, aren't aren't adaption from other, you know, other things or evolution of other things. I mean, this kind of came out of left field in terms of how we think about sleep apnea, how we treat sleep apnea, because what it does is it actually uses the body's own muscles uh, to stimulate uh, the airway to open. So if you can think about CPAP, what that does is, again, if we, if we assume that the airway is closing up, you know, when you breathe, the throat collapses, what CPAP does is it blows air in there and pushes everything open from the inside. Whereas the way Inspire works is actually we're triggering the muscles uh, to fire, to strengthen the throat and open the throat using the body's own anatomy, its own muscles. And that's, that's really where the, the Inspire differs from, from CPAP. It's accomplishing the same thing, just through a totally separate mechanism. That is, that is interesting. You know, and as, as you're talking here, I was thinking about how it's interesting that treatment for sleep apnea has kind of, it's been a pendulum because it, it used to be that sleep apnea, if you needed to be treated, you went to the ENT guy and he did a, a yep. the UP3. Yeah, UP3. And, you know, his huge operation is like, yep. you know, his tonsillectomy on steroids. You know, then it, then it went to the neurologist and the sleep, then it went to pulmonology. And it's yeah. kind of land on the neurologist. And now it's coming back to ENT. I find that's the circle of life symbol. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's, that's interesting. So how, so take us more, a little bit more through how it sure. works. Yeah. I think this is fascinating. So, so there's a, there's a nerve uh, under the jaw, uh, which is called the hypoglossal nerve, which is uh, actually a nerve that controls the motion of the tongue. And within that nerve, and without getting too, you know, too into the weeds, within that nerve, there are branches that go to muscles that push the tongue forward, and there are branches of the nerve that go to muscles that pull the tongue back. We want to pull the tongue back when we swallow, but we want to push the tongue forward when we breathe, because otherwise, uh, again, that tongue is going to fall back in the throat. And what they found with some kind of early uh, anatomy study is that we can actually isolate the branches of the nerve that push the tongue forward. And if we stimulate those preferentially, uh, the tongue, we can actually move the tongue forward. I mean, you know, like a little remote, you turn it on, the tongue goes forward. And so that's the basis, the kind of the, the, under, the underpinnings of this, of this technology. So what we do is we, we put a small stimulating cuff around a portion of the, of, the, of the hypoglossal nerve. And then there's a small pacemaking device, uh, which sits in the upper chest over the, over the pec, uh, pectoralis major muscle, just the, the, you know, the pec on the chest. And, and then there's a, a second wire, which goes in between a rib space. Uh, and the reason we have that is that that senses when you breathe. So the, the sensing wire uh, is basically syncing the stimulation to your breath. We don't want the stimulation to be active all the time, all night long. We want it to only be active when you're taking a breath, because that's when that tongue is collapsing in. So you know, a patient who has Inspire, what they typically do is they, there's a little remote. They go to bed, uh, just like you know anyone else. They don't have any other equipment. They have a small remote that they just hold over their chest. They turn it on. Uh, there's a delay, approximately 30 to 45 minutes. You can set that whatever you like, uh, just enough time for you to fall asleep. And then the uh, stimulator starts slowly and gradually works up, providing you with enough stimulation that you're not awoken by the uh, by the stimulation. It's not painful, but it starts 
basically pulling the, the tongue forward uh, every breath you take. And then when you wake up, you wake up, you turn it off and uh, you go about your day. And today is actually a very interesting day to, to, to talk on this podcast specifically. So we, we had our first uh, three-month uh, follow-up. So uh, three months ago, we started doing them. And then three months later, you get a sleep study where you go into the sleep lab similar to anyone who's had a sleep study. And uh, what we can do is we can actually turn on the device while you're asleep and turn it off while you're asleep. And we can watch what your actual sleep severity is. So we call that the apnea hypopnea index or the AHI. Uh, that's how we you know, diagnose sleep apnea. And this particular patient who was our first patient, uh, he had an AHI, uh, I believe in the 40s. So that's you know, someone who's stopping breathing 40 times an hour. Uh, or almost, you know, a mi- every minute and 10 seconds or so. And when we turned it on, his um, basically sleep number, AHI, was less than five. And then we turn it off, and it goes back to 40. We turn it on, and it goes down to five. And, you know, it's really remarkable that we can, can you know, see that in real time, wow. real patient, and you have that control all night long. You turn it on, you see what it is, you turn it off, you see what it is. And, you know, I mean, it's just a really amazing technology. 40, I mean, 40 is severe that definitely that patient's going to be symptomatic somehow. Yep. You know, the tough ones are the ones that are like 15 to 17. You know, yep. they, they, they snore, spouse complains, but they don't feel that bad. And so it's like you said, it's like smoking. They can't see the damage. So it's hard to get them yep. to do it. But going down to five, I mean, five is a normal variant of some people. I mean, that's exactly. So, you know, and that was, that was just today. And that's, I mean, that's not, that's not a, an outlier. That's, that's typically what we expect. We screen heavily. So there are a lot of people who, you know, might be interested in the device. Uh, there is a, you know, a certain criteria that you have to qualify for because it's more invasive than a CPAP. And we want to select patients who are going to benefit from it uh, right. because it's more invasive. And, and, and to do that, you have to be under a certain weight. Um, so typically a BMI less than 35. You have to have severe enough sleep apnea, which you totally alluded to. We're not typically implanting people who have, you know, a number of five or six. We're implanting people uh, that have to be above 15. So 15 is the cutoff from mild to severe and above 30 is severe. So basically mild or severe are are technically candidates. And then you have to have this airway, uh, a sleep airway exam, because what we found in the, you know, few thousand of these that have been implanted is that, and, you know, with sleep there's still a lot we don't know. We're, 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 we're progressing slowly, but there's still a lot we don't know. And there's a certain collapse pattern in the throat. You can collapse kind of from front to back. You can collapse from side to side. You can collapse at the top near the palate. You can collapse all the way down at the bottom near the epiglottis, which I had talked about. And there's a, there's a class pattern that is like a funnel where everything collapses, but kind of circumferentially. And uh, those patients do not benefit uh, from the Inspire device. And we still don't know why, but it's just that their their musculature, their the nerves that control their throat, uh, we can't kind of like you know take control and and open it up with the nerves because again it, it's something we don't understand. But by doing the airway exam, we can screen those patients before they get implanted and you know and don't succeed with the device. So all of these steps is to make sure that the you know the patients that we are implanting are ones that are going to benefit from it and. We expect full, so greater than 75% decrease in their AHI in over 90% of patients. That's what we expect. That's what we hope for. Um, greater than 95% of people stop snoring. I mean, by selecting the, the correct patient, it's, it's really, really a, a very transformative 
uh, piece of equipment for the patients. So a couple questions. Uh, one is, can, because here's what people are going to think. Can you use a microwave if you have one? Yep. And uh, the, the reason, it's similar hardware to a, to a pacemaker, which does have that, those types of restrictions, a cardiac pacemaker, heart pacemaker. But uh, this is only on when you're, when you're asleep. So you know, during the day, it's totally off. So can it's you, basically in an off mode. Are you able to talk or do you have to turn it off to talk? You would, you would turn it off because, again, it's not painful, but your tongue, every breath you take, your tongue is, is basically comes, comes forward in your mouth, which, you know, we, we turn it on in, in awake patients during the activation, right after, a month after the implant. And, uh, you know, they, they're, they're a little bit surprised. It feels a little strange, but, uh, but, but no, yeah, you, you would just turn it off. You, you wouldn't want to talk with it. Okay. All right. Well, that's, I mean, that was a fair question. <laughs> exactly. Who are some other candidates? They can't be morbidly obese. They have to be BMI 35, which that is moderately obese. Um, is there a certain age they have to yep. be? Is there a certain age where you say, okay, this is a mature problem. We can fix this. Yep. Over 18 uh, is the current FDA indication. Uh, there has it, there are some studies looking at uh, younger than 18, specifically in the Down syndrome population. Uh, that's not it. That's still off-label. Uh, but that that indication might be coming um, because obviously there's a lot of sleep apnea in, in, in that population. But no, those are those are really the the only the only kind of you know metrics that we look at. But it's covered by pretty much every insurance if we meet those metrics. So they have a, a you know based on the FDA indications they have a checkbox that you know list of things we have to go through of all these things. And if if it's met, then then typically it's a it's approved without an issue. So you would you would recommend that uh, the patient that has a sleep apnea and is not doing well should perhaps talk to their primary care physician about getting a referral to you uh, over to see you. Exactly, and you know, it, it, sleep is it, as you again mentioned in the beginning. A lot of people touch sleep, so you know, pulmonology, primary care, uh, sleep, neurology, and ENT, and you know, sometimes the the point person is is the sleep team where they're the ones who are. Or trying different masks, trying different CPAP outfits, um, but certainly, you know, the, the the absolute place to start is to make sure you have a, a sleep study within two years. You know, if you know you come to see me again, I'm happy to see anybody uh, in consultation for Inspire. But if the sleep study isn't within two years, that's you know the whole point of the visit would be just okay. You know, we can talk about it, but we can't really move forward unless unless you do have a, a an update up to date sleep study. But after that. Um, you know, we can certainly chat about, uh, you know, if, if it would be right for you or if you think, you know, you just want to hear some more about it. There's a ton of information online. The, the Inspire uh, company has a website, inspiresleep.com, and they have a, just an enormous amount of resources, videos, educational materials. So, you know, feel free to check that out as well, uh, just to see if you want to, you know, learn more about the device. Well, Dr. Heineman, that was, that was great information. Um, it's, I think it's really exciting. I can remember about 1996, there was kind of a, a, an article where they were mentioning that we could use pacing for um, gastroparesis with the diabetic, kind of to empty yep. the stomach, you know? And they also yep. say it's speculated that perhaps someday they could use it for sleep apnea. So that that's, I distinctly remember reading that article. Um, yeah, and I think now they're doing neuromodulation as well for CHF. Uh, obviously they use it for epilepsy. Uh, those are, you know, on the on the vagus nerve, but it's very similar devices, very similar principles. I mean, this is kind of a new wave in in trying to use the body's own nervous system to, you know, to tweak it, you know, not is, with a drug, 
but with, yeah, the, you know, with the stimulation. It, I don't know. I can't remember the name of the drug, but it's basically a daytime stimulant. They have, you know, I don't think it's provisional, but it's similar. Came out on the market. I saw the TV ad. I'm like, you know, just another drug to throw at people. So I think this is really exciting. Mm -hmm. I'm glad yeah. you're doing it. Thanks again for stopping by, Dr. Thomas yeah. Heineman, uh, otolaryngologist at Physicians Clinic of Iowa, ear, nose, and throat. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.